Hey, 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 welcome to the Property, Wealth and Business Podcast. On this episode, I had the amazing opportunity to interview one of my outstanding buy, refurbish, refinance clients and students at the Property Wealth Education. This individual has been in the property industry now for the past seven years, and he managed to transition from rent to rent into doing buy, refurbish, refinance strategy and last year, September 2020, and he's absolutely doing so fantastic. And I just can't wait to get into the conversation on how he got started in property, what made him choose property, and what is the passion that has actually driven him into wanting to do the buy, refurbish, refinance strategy. So without further ado, I want to welcome Charlie Ray Smith. So Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Thank How you doing, much. my man? Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks. Thanks. How are you? Great, 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 great. So amazing to have you here. You know, you've been doing amazing things in your property journey and I've had the opportunity of working with you on your buyer for British finance journey. So Charlie, for those who don't really know you, let's just kind of dip into it. Who is Charlie? Very good question. Well, as you said, I've been doing property for seven years. But before then, I was in a completely different career. So I like when I left university, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I basically, after doing lots of different things, I fell into being a project manager for digital advertising agencies. So yep. we, this is before like what digital advertising is now, which is all to do with like Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But this was when, you know, people would put adverts on, you know, news websites. You can still see them today where you get the adverts at the top. Mm. And we would do those for like blue chip clients. So Microsoft was one of my clients and we had other people like uh, Morrison Supermarket. Yeah. And I was doing that for quite a long time. But then what I kind of realized is that I wasn't really enjoying the job at all. I didn't really like it. My soul wasn't into it at mm. all. I mean, the money was quite good. And so what I ended up doing is I'd basically work in the job for a while, earn a bit of money. I don't have expensive taste, so I'd save up quite a lot of the money. And then I go traveling for a bit. So yeah. I went to see lots of fantastic places around the world. Yeah. And I did that for a bit. And then I was like, well, I've done all the traveling I want to do. Yeah. And I don't like this job and I want to do something else. And then I found out like a friend of a friend was basically a property investor. They had a few properties in London and they were doing pretty well. And I didn't know this guy, this friend of a friend well, but I knew him like as an acquaintance. And I thought, well, he seems like a pretty normal guy he doesn't seem like anyone super special or like that. <laughs> yeah. so if he can do it i can probably do it right? yeah so that's what i was thinking like i didn't know him well enough to sort of like sort of sit him down and ask him like tell me about tell me how you do what you do and all this kind of stuff yeah so i had to kind of learn for myself and so i basically just started searching for you know property education property investment I started watching Homes Under the Hammer, which is a favorite <laughs> one. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? So, like, and funny enough, I was, on, I was like googling like property investment and stuff. Bought a few books, and I found there's a one day course happening, literally like down the road from where I was living at the time. Yeah. So in the next few days, so I so I went onto that, and then I took a few more courses, and basically, to cut a long story short, I decided because I was living in London, I was living in Hammersmith then. I worked out that rent to rent would probably be the best strategy for me because, yeah. you know, it's very expensive to buy property in London, as as everyone knows. Yeah. You know, it'd be difficult for me to invest outside of London because, you know, the travel time would take a long time and, you know, you don't need to know the area necessarily. And plus, I was actually living in a house share at the time as well. Yeah. And I was kind of managing it. I mean, on a very basic level, I was basically just arranging all the bills and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
but so rent rent was a good fit for me and i took a rent rent course and well actually before i took the course i met someone who was already doing it and they said oh i took this course and i basically did exactly what they told me to do and in a year they got six properties wow, wow. so i was like well that seems pretty straightforward if, I, if they can tell me you know it's not rocket science right it's not i mean it's out of people's comfort zones for a lot of things and there's challenges that you face definitely but it's not brain surgery it's not rocket science absolutely <laughs> you know, it's like as long as you know what you're doing then and you do it you take action then it's quite possible for anyone to do it, i would say so anyway yeah so i'd seen this person they said they'd done what the course told me to do so i took the course and i did what the course told me to do and in 12 months i had six properties wow 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 that's amazing such an amazing story charlie so you used to do you know, digital marketing and you got just fed up of that, which is what normally happens to a lot of people, right? A lot of people, you know, always consistently looking for something that resonates with them, something that they become passionate about. And there's something that I always, you know, share and I always say this, right? Find something that you're passionate enough to do. That will build you wealth. Yeah. That will make you successful. Find something that pays you an income, all right? You will be the most boring person in that job so it's so good to know that you basically found something that resonated with you and you decided to run with it but before you did that you had to get yourself educated you had to speak to other people you had to see other people who was doing it exactly similar case of how i myself got started as well but it'd be a bit of a different story there i mean it's just good to know that you made that transition how easy was it for you making that transition then because Properties, you know, using creative strategies in getting started in property is a lot of work. And it is, like you said, most times it's out completely outside of people's comfort zone. How did you cope? How what was the mindset? Well, yeah, I mean, basically, I just broke it down into very straightforward mm. sort of steps, basically. Okay. Like, because I can get quite easily overwhelmed with things if, you know, if there's too much going on, all this kind of stuff. So I just kept it simple. So. Obviously, the first thing you need to do in mean, trying to set up a company, which is yeah. quite straightforward. You know, create a website, which again is very straightforward. Very straightforward once you know what you're doing. And I was very much copy pasting what other people had done. In Absolutely, the, in the past, just, you know, it's like, there's no point reinventing the wheel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So doing all of that, and then so I set up my website, set up the company, so I've got all the sort of like official stuff done, yeah. um, all the admin things, and then basically started. I did two things at the start, actually. I started phoning agents all mm -hmm. the time, and I sent out letters to people on the HMO list. Wow. And probably, I think, I can't remember when I started doing all that, but basically, within a short period of time, I'd got two properties. You your first two properties. Yeah, one for the letters, one from an agency. An agent. Now, talk me through, how easy was it? Did you secure within the first 30 days, 60 days? How easy was it? I don't remember the exact timelines because it was seven years ago now. So, yeah. <laughs> like, but I'd say it's probably with certainly within two months, probably within one month for the first deal. I would say. How many no's did you get? Uh, quite a lot. So this is quite funny. So, right at the very start, when I first started doing it, you know, I started calling agents, and I think possibly on the third or fourth call. Uh, so, yes, I had a few calls, and then either people weren't available, like sometimes people aren't in the office or. Mm. You know, there's no answer or whatever. Yeah. Um, or the property's already gone. And then, like, maybe on my fifth or sixth call, I got a no, which was my yeah. first no. And 
So at that point, I stopped and had a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped and had a cup of tea. <laughs> so, yeah. And like one of the best things and the things that I tell everyone to do is to read the book Go For No, which is a book about sales, but it applies to rent-to-rent -rent in the sense that for every no that you get, you're one step closer to getting a yes. Absolutely. So I kind of knew all that already, but when you get your first no, it's like, no, you don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. You still have a bit of an emotional reaction. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took a break, you know, had a cup of tea, settled down, did something else for half an hour, and then I came back to it and then I continued. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, although I had that emotional reaction to that first one, like once you get past that, then, and you, you kind of re-remember the logic of the situation. Yep, absolutely. Which is that, um, you know, it knows happen. It's yep. part of the process. Yep. And it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just something which you, which happens. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong or anything yep. like that. You just got to keep going. Yep. And so I kept going. And then, yeah, eventually did a bunch of viewings. And obviously not every property is appropriate. But then I found a really fantastic property, actually, in Hammersmith, just two roads from where I was living, funny enough. Yep. <laughs> and that was my first property. Wow. Mm. Wow. It's interesting to know how, you know, you just make that consistent yeah. transition, action, go for no's, and eventually you celebrate your first deal, and then you said, then what? Then you want to do the second, and the third, and the fourth. Now, very quickly, I always say this, the metrics in securing deals hasn't changed that much. The only metric that's changed is that people don't really know how to create a conversation. So today, people who started seven years ago, it's still the same rent to rent. But it's just that you now need to structure the conversation in a bit more way you're talking from knowledge, you're having a conversation rather than you're pitching. When I started my journey as a renter-renter five years ago, I had to pitch, you know, go straight in and just pitch and not trying to build, you know, that sort of strong relationship and just going for those pitching. It hasn't really changed that much as far as we know that. It hasn't really changed. Still the same process in getting your first deal. Now, would you say that rent to rent has gotten more difficult today or would you say it's still as easy as it was all right many years ago seven years ago for me five years ago when i started well there's a couple of things just mentioned about that so when i started it was actually very easy i would say but then within a couple of years the market did change a bit yeah and it got a bit more difficult but that wasn't mean it only got basically what it was is when i was doing it, you could basically take any property yeah. in london and it would work yeah and then after a couple of years, rent rent became a bit more popular or HMOs became more popular. And so there's more competition. Yeah. So there's more supply. And so you had to up your game a bit. Like you couldn't just take anything and rent it out. Yeah. You'd have to have it in a good location. It had to be, you know, good sized rooms, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. So like it was easy to start and then it got a little bit difficult. But since then, I wouldn't say it's changed much. Yeah. With two caveats. One is that there's a seasonal aspect to rent to rent. So Absolutely. In autumn, winter is when the demand for renters is highest. In spring, early summer is when it's lowest. And then, of course, over Christmas, New Year, there's like market, nothing happens. Yeah. But so outside of those kind of caveats, I would say it's more or less the same. Yeah. And in fact, like, because I don't, like, in the seven years, I haven't constantly been searching for new properties. Yeah. And in fact, most of my properties in later years came from existing contacts. So yeah. it wasn't from me actively finding them anyway they were either offered to me or whatever and so like i don't regularly go out but when i have had to or when i've decided i wanted to yeah you're basically back at square one because i mean unless you maintain constant relationships with existing letting agents yeah. you know people change people leave they move on yeah. and you 
contact the same office and someone else will answer the phone and they don't know you and don't, you don't have that relationship. So I would be in the same boat more or less as anyone who's just starting out with the exception that I've got accounts in yeah. history. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. The fact is for those who have been in the game a bit longer now, for someone like myself and someone like yourself, we've been doing this for quite a while. You've made a massive, massive life out of it. You know, and you're enjoying you're enjoying your journey every single day. And you've just obviously gone to buying your first property seven years later, which we're gonna come back into shortly. Now, for anyone that is still thinking, I wanna get started the rent to rent, how can I use that as a vehicle for me to open the doors, step on the ladder, control other people's property, and then generate cash flow? Just one word. What would that one word be to them? So knowing the fact that you started your property journey using rent and now you just acquired your first property. And myself, again, the same thing. What would be one simple advice? Whether they go for the no's, whether there's more than enough no's, whether there's so much rejection, there's, you know, lots of momentum. What would that one word of piece of advice be to them? Well, very simply, do the training and do what they say in training. Take action. Absolutely. So do the training. Mm. Take action. Yeah. Great. Now, I think that's an amazing advice. I think that is just one of the biggest advice you can give to anyone. Without you getting the knowledge, all right, without you taking action, nothing's going to happen. No one is going to come to your doorstep and give you success in anything that we do in life, you know. So good to know, uh, you know, your journey and how you got started using rent to rent and obviously building a very, very, very uh, stable income. You know, you've been doing this for seven years now. You never had to work a day in your life in a job. Yeah, yeah. How are you enjoying that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's probably the reason to, to, to kind of go to go back to the job I was doing before. Like one of the reasons why I wanted to leave that job, as well as not enjoying the job itself, was like I had a really horrible commute. Mm. Like I had, it was on the tube during rush hour. I had to change <laughs> halfway through <laughs> at one of the busiest stations in London. Yeah. And it was an absolute, like when I first moved to London, I thought the tube was quite exciting. Like taking a train <laughs> underground is, is quite fun, right? Mm-hmm. But then by that stage in my life, I was like, I'm over this. I want to do something. I, w- I want to do something like, and so what I wanted is I wanted to create a life for myself where yeah. I didn't have to work nine to five. No. I didn't have to take the tube and commute every day for yeah. like 45 minutes or an hour yeah. each way every day. I wanted to be able to do stuff during the day. I wanted to do stuff during the day. Yeah. And the thing about rent to rent and property ownership and, you know, generating income through assets, which is basically what it all is, yeah. is that you separate your time from your money. Mm-hmm. So in a job, you work a certain number of hours a week or yeah. whatever it is. And you get paid a salary, yeah. like hourly or annually or whatever. So your time is, and your skills are exchanged for money. With sort of business ownership and property ownership and owning assets, that connection between your time and money is separated. The money yeah. comes in from the asset, yeah. and the time can be spent either obtaining more assets yeah. or doing what you want. Yeah. Absolutely love the way you've broken that down. Now, let me quickly just break this down. Obviously, we started with your rent-to-rent journey, how you got started, you've been here seven years, and you're now going to acquire your asset. Now, for the sake of the listeners, we're going to have probably two sets of listeners, those who are basically wanting to build their mindset into success, and those who are like, what is rent-to-rent? We don't even have a clue of what these guys are talking about right now. And for those who be like, I want to do rent-to-rent to get into property as my first baby step I need to take in property. Now, how could we break rent-to-rent down to them? What is rent-to-rent? Sure, it's very simple. You take a house, mm-hmm. you rent the house from the owner, the landlord, yeah, and then you in turn rent out individual rooms in the house to tenants, other tenants. Okay. 
And then obviously the income you get from the tenants that you rent out, you use that money to pay the landlord for the rental yeah. of the property yeah. and you pay the bills. So all the all the utilities, accounts tax, yeah. internet, TV license, and a weekly cleaner for the communal areas. Oh, wow. That's very simple, isn't it? Yeah. So the listeners can just go and find a property to rent from a landlord today. And they can just basically rent the property out without any sort of requirements or would there be legal frameworks that they need to do it under so that they stay compliant or it's just basically anybody can just go wake up tomorrow and get it done? Well, obviously, there's, <laughs> I think it's a leading question there. <laughs> there's a number of regulations yeah, that absolutely. Uh, exist within renting. So there's regulations around deposits, there's regulations around fees, there's regulations around certificates that you need to provide, mm. things like ECR, EICR, yeah. EPC, and GSC. And there's HMO. Property uh, compliance. Property compliance, yeah. yeah. There's, there's HMO yeah. licensing. Yeah. And there's additional licensing, selective licensing. Yeah. And there's Article 4 as well. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> great, great, great. Wow, Charlie. Thank you so much for breaking that down. Now, let's quickly you know, go to the next phase of this fantastic episode of this podcast. Now, why should anyone right now think about property? Why should anyone, in fact, why did you want to own your own first property? Why did you decide to buy your property? So the reason why I wanted, like, so I've been doing rent to rent for a while, as you know. Yeah. I'd always wanted to ultimately own property. Mm -hmm. But again, with the whole London thing, you know, property is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So it's difficult to get into or, you know, you either buy in London and it's very expensive or you buy outside London and you spend all your time traveling between different locations. Yeah. And if you're going to look for cheap property, then you're going to have to travel quite a long distance from where I am in London, certainly. Yeah. So I always wanted to do it, but it was about finding the right way to do it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because BRR is a concept which I was aware of from before, but I'd only seen people talk about it and do it outside of London. So Mm. the prices are cheaper. Um, Builders are cheaper. Builders are cheaper. Materials are cheaper. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. The risk and reward is different. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like I'd always wanted to do it, but I wasn't actively pursuing it. But I, through essentially my network, mm. I heard about you, You're okay, and what you were doing. Yep, and that interested me. So that's why I got in contact with you. Oh, fantastic! I mean, for those who don't know what's BR, because you said BR, what is BR? What does it mean? BR bra? What's, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's buy, refurbish refinance or buy, refurbish, rent, refinance. So buy, refurbish, rent and refinance. Okay. We're still missing one hour. What's that one? I don't know. You tell me. Okay. <laughs> repeat. <laughs> I repeat. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because it's a, that's the repeat that builds the wealth. Yeah, yeah. Great. Great. So guys, for those of you who don't know what BRR is, Charlie here, just broken it down is buy, you refurb, you rent, you refinance, and obviously you repeat. So you met me and that was quite interesting to you, though you wasn't pursuing it, but obviously you can see that it's something that you wanted to do and then you just went and done it. Tell us about yeah. how that went. Yeah, so basically, obviously, I heard that you were doing it, so obviously got in contact with you. Yeah. We sat down, had a chat, and you took me through the project that you were working on at yeah. that time, yeah. Yeah. which was your second project. Yeah. And you took me through the first project as yeah. well. So I could see what you'd done. Like, I saw the numbers and how it all worked out. Yeah and what you were doing. And so that gave me a pretty clear understanding of, you know, what the possibilities were yeah. and how everything works. And then obviously you told me about how you'd done it and... Raising you know, finance. Yeah, raising the finance. Yep. Yeah. 
you know, all, all the different steps to the process, basically, yeah. break yeah. it all down. And much like with the rent-to-rent, mm. you know, once you know the system, once you know how it works, mm. when someone gives you the knowledge and the information, yeah. then, you know, you go out and, and take those steps and, Absolutely. And, and, and do it. If you've been inspired and motivated by the content of this podcast and thinking, how can we help you be further? We offer coaching, mentorship, training for anyone looking to getting started in property, whether you've got some money, we've got little money, we've got no money at all. There are ways that you can actually get started in property. If you're that person, you want to get started, you want to create wealth, you want to build wealth, you want to transition from a mindset of lack to a mindset of abundance, make sure to visit our website, which is propertywe.co.uk www.propertywe.co.uk We're looking forward to welcoming you and looking forward to seeing you in one of our masterclass or our live networking event across London. Take care and see you soon. Would you say that your biorefurbishment finance journey, you know, your rent-to-rent journey helped you propelled, you know, very smoothly, gave you a soft landing on the BR, you know, strategy? If you hadn't done rent to rent before for seven years, would you say you would have been able to just get in, get started, and just? For me personally, it helped a lot that I've done rent to rent first. Yeah, I think it would be possible to do BRR first if someone has the right mindset. Yeah, I think it's possible. It certainly helped me to have rent to rent because I mean, with BRR, the big challenge is obviously with the buying and the and the building works mm-hmm. and then refinancing it and then obviously once you've done all that big work at the start then yeah. you rent it out at the end yeah and the renting part is what the experience from rent to rent comes in but because with a brr project their big numbers are all to do with the property value yeah. and the building cost, right? Absolutely. So big numbers in London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so given that the big numbers in BRR are also with the property and the and the building cost, like when it comes to the renting, if you are not fully, I mean, you need to know obviously the regulations, obviously, but if you're not fully up to speed with how everything works on that side, then you know you might be at risk of losing a few hundred pounds here and there. Yep. So the risk on the renting side is much lower than it is the knowing everything and being on top of the game in terms of the the build works and the you know the layout and all the rest of it. So I think yeah, if it does help to do rent to rent first because that definitely helps. Like you know, I know once my build works finished, then I yeah. can just fit that all into my existing business. And yeah, everything's taken care of. Yeah, if I hadn't had that in place, then I'd have to learn that as well. It's an extra thing, but the like I say, the risk and the potential loss of money is much lower, basically. Oh, great, great, great. Now, let's kind of very quickly, you know, you mentioned there, you hammered a lot on it, the cost of building work, the cost of property price, the numbers when you're buying and refurbishing in London is quite, you know, the numbers are not just small numbers because you're an average property, an average three-bedroom property purchase in London, you're looking at about 350-ish, yeah. Lucky if you're Minimum. lucky enough, <laughs> yeah. which is almost it seems impossible to really find a three hundred thousand pound to three hundred fifty thousand pound property to buy in London, depending on where we want to invest. Yeah. In this case, you know your property is in south of London, yeah. which again they're not very very cheap. Now, how did you just manage to for someone who's never bought a property before, for someone who only just did? You know, probably light decorations for you know little fire compliance. Being a renter, renter now somebody that's dealing with a hundred thousand plus. 
in terms of building work. How did you deal with your mindset? Yeah, I did, that's a good question. I mean, I think I had to have that sort of single sort of vision, like with the rent to rent, of like taking one step at a time mm. and thinking, right, this this is what the model is. This is what Daniel's taught me. Now I've got to go out and just do those tasks yeah. and try and keep it try and keep it simple. Try and so like have a plan. You know, write everything down. Yep. Work out what the tasks are. And work out what the first task that I yeah. need to do is, yeah. and then complete that task, and then do the next task. So the first task was obviously to well uh, set up a, a company for the property investment, yeah. and then go out. I mean, after having taken the training, go out and start viewing properties. Yep. So we viewed well a few properties. Luckily, we managed to quite quickly find a property that yep. was suitable, yep. but it could have taken. I uh, would expect it to take longer normally. Yeah. And then obviously then keep going from there. So, you know, do the architecture, you know, well, put in the offer, obviously. Yep. Get an offer accepted. Yep. Do the architectural plans, put yep. in the planning permission, yep. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, wow, wow. So would you say, you know, your journey has been very smooth in transitioning? Do you have to deal with any mindset issues? Transitioning from controlling other people's property to now, you know, purchasing your property and owning it and obviously going through, you know, or rather, let me say, what has been the most challenging part of your transitioning from a renter renter into becoming a property owner? Yeah, well, I mean, mindset is quite interesting because I would say naturally I'm quite an anxious person. Yeah. And so there are things that will play in my mind <laughs> and get me... <laughs> Which is normal. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely normal, yeah. And, you know, you do, you do face challenges. So I think one of the very first challenges I had was when we were buying the property I needed to get insurance on the on the building. Yeah. And it turns out that the building is literally just on the edge of a floodplain or flood area. Yeah. And that meant that like the people that insured your property, which is on the same road, they couldn't offer me insurance. So like when those things happen, then you just think, well, what what action can I take to solve the problem? Yeah. You have to think quite practically about it. And so in that case, I just contacted loads of insurers. And it was quite stressful at the time because you contact them because a lot of it's done online. You know, submit a form online, yeah, and then you have to wait for a few days for them to get back to you, yeah. And wait, that waiting is painful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> waiting is always very, very, very painful. <laughs> but of course, eventually someone said yes, and they said yes, and it cost X amount, and it's actually was, you know, not an unreasonable amount. Wow. So yeah, I mean, there's a number of challenges. So finding insurance is one. When we started doing the work, digging the foundations for the extensions, it turns out the drains at the back of the property that were, was challenging. Yeah, mm. were more extensive than was on any plans that we had yep. and knew about beforehand. So we couldn't build the foundations where we wanted to build the foundations. So that meant we had to go back to the structural engineer to redesign how the foundations worked, yep. sort all that out, get that approved by building control, and then you know we came up with a solution and and, and that got done in that way yeah another one was when we first submitted the planning. h planning the planning and the hmo application yeah. the hmo people came back and said you can't do this because of x y and z yeah. and we had to re-engineer all the layout and we actually had to build an additional extension which we weren't originally planning to do yeah. on the property so we could fit all the rooms and the space that we wanted in the rooms yeah, yeah. i actually remember that 
because uh, we wasn't meant to do any sort of extension to the building itself, but just to build the uh, on the ground floor and just get a 3.5 meter extension at the back. And then you had to, you had to get 1.5 meter extension. Then again, because you didn't want to, because we wouldn't get on the other corner of the property, we wouldn't get a specific, you know, uh, amount of space, that amount of space that was needed. Oh yeah. my days. <laughs> property. I just love it. Don't you just love it, Charlie? It's great. <laughs> but for every problem is a solution, right? And so, Absolutely. so all these things come up and yes, I mean, it means there's additional time that it takes to do stuff. Yeah additional cost as well in some cases, but not huge amounts. I mean, when you consider that the build cost of the project was around about 130,000, yeah. you know, we're talking a, a few, maybe an extra thousand here or there. It's not, yeah. Yeah. not massive amounts in terms of the total project cost. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you. Even I have, obviously, a few of my projects here and there, it's a situation whereby Thames Water cost us almost about 10,000 pounds, not coming to, to dig up the ground and, you know, move the water pipes around and stuff like that. <laughs> which wasn't meant to even be in the first place. So by just, you know, doing a new water connection, we had to close the entire road. That cost me about 6,000 plus pounds initially, and then cost me a number of delays because we couldn't, you know, complete the project. So again, these things in projects, you cannot really predict how it will go. And they do happen. And one of the things I do say is, if you want to do BRR, you have to have the right mindset. You have to put your mind in where it needs to be. Because when those challenges come, they can be very, very interesting. You know, one thing I love about property is that regardless of what happens, it's always almost a 90% win. Yeah. It's always, there's that always tendency that you will win by 90%. And then the risk factor of about 10%, you know, especially when it comes to the kind of deals that we do, the risk and the reward, I think the reward outweighs the risk somehow, as long as obviously you follow the process of people who have already done what you're trying to do and stuff like that. You know, so it's really, really amazing to see where you've been, how you've made that transition. You know, now, Charlie, what would you really say to anyone looking to make that transition? And why is it important to make a transition from rent to rent into buy refurbished finance? Well, there's benefits and there's good things and bad things to everything in life. Yeah. yeah. So in rent to rent, the good thing is that the costs are low. Yeah. It's easy to get into relative, relatively. The bad things is that it can be a bit of a hassle dealing with some letting agents in, in some occasions and some landlords in terms of getting stuff fixed in properties. Yeah. They can be quite reticent or slow. So that can be frustrating because you're trying to provide a good experience for your tenants. You know, you want to make sure the tenants are happy. So the good thing about property ownership is that you you get to control that side of the business yourself. So yes. if there's something wrong you can send it to someone and get some, something fixed yeah. quickly because you might as well get it fixed. Yeah. There's no point in dragging things out because all you're yeah. going to do is annoy your tenants yeah. and they're going to leave and you're going to have to create extra work for yourself. Yeah. The other great benefit, of course, is owning property. Property value goes up, yeah. doubles every 10 years yeah. in the UK. Yeah. So you have the assets which will increase in value mm -hmm. and it's quite interesting there's talk of inflation as things currently stand yep. because inflation increases the value of the property. Yep. It also decreases the value of the loan on the property. Yeah, well. absolutely. <laughs> which is great. So inflation is good for property ownership. And so you've got a, you basically own an asset which is generating income and it generates income for as long as you own that asset. Whereas yeah. with rent to rent, you know, you have contracts which may end and owners may want to sell and all the, all the rest of it. Yeah. So you have that asset that you own. Yep. You've got the income from the asset. You've got the increase in value from the asset, and you know you can take out loans against the asset as well. Absolutely. And the other thing with 
with buy refurbish etc is that you can do the works revalue the property and extract out almost all the money that you put in absolutely so you have the repeat side of the repeat side of it absolutely yeah. absolutely i mean i always say i said buy refurb refinance is a is a new way to you know to basically troubleshooting your wealth just go very quickly using that momentum to creating massive massive wealth you know personally i'm very fortunate that in the last you know 18 to 20 months now i've gone from literally building a seven going to eight figure property portfolio and again, using other people's money, using the momentum. And the beauty about biofabricity finance, like you mentioned before, is the ability to get paid five times through one asset. And that's just the beauty about, I love about it. Just being able to, you know, you know, be able to have one property purchased, refurbished it, you know, and then just get paid five ways. You know, and obviously speak about how this happens. I've uh, always on my training program and how people can obviously go through that. So I mean, Charlie, it's been amazing just you breaking things down through how things work for you, how you made that transition, you know. So for the listeners on this podcast, Charlie, what would be if you were to give someone a, a simple advice and get into property, especially, you know, lockdown, the whole world has just gone through this massive pandemic. And we know that the housing sector, I mean, was one sector that the government did everything possible to make sure it was open. What would your encouragement be? What would be two key advice you can give anyone listening to this podcast now thinking, shall I get into rent to rent? Shall I get to buy rubbish finance? Shall I even get into property in the first place? What would your words of encouragement be to them? Well, I mean, I would say do it, right? Because what's... Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> like get, get the training, take action like we mentioned before, but but do it because, you know, it's, it's all about owning assets. Mm-hmm. It, it goes back to the point I made about income generating assets yeah. and the, the break between uh, your time and the money that the income that you receive yeah. but also long term you know it's long term financial security right yeah so once you own an asset like we said it goes up in value yeah. you own it for your lifetime essentially and you can use that as a vehicle to reinvest in more assets yeah and of course i would recommend diversification once you're at a high level of of net worth absolutely but that's a, another thing to, to talk about later on but yeah. I mean, people are getting started like start getting you know only, only property it's your financial security it's your financial future yeah. and it can it's wealth building it's separating time and money and there's just so many benefits to it oh great 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 absolutely there's so much benefit in getting to you know into property for me one of the major thing i really love about property i always say this Property is not volatile. It's not crypto, all right? It's not volatile. It's not crypto. Property is just basically property, whether you like it or not. Plant it, put it there, let it grow, you know, and 10 years time. And I just, yeah, I just want to jump in there because it's quite interesting. Property is not volatile. Now, of course, house prices can go down and they have in the past and they will in the future. But the idea is that as long as you can pay your mortgage on the property, which you can through the rent you receive, then it doesn't matter if prices go down in the short term because yeah. in the long term they'll always go up. Yeah. And the other thing is, like we've just been through the coronavirus, and you know that did affect property. So in in my rent to rent business, I think in yours as well, you know we saw a lot of demand die during the worst periods of lockdown, yeah. and so rental income went down. Obviously, with rent to rent, you're paying a fixed rental income to your landlords, yeah. so that actually affected the business quite badly. You know, in yeah. terms of the profitability. Now, of course, as I mentioned before, with every bad thing is a good thing. So, 
while that was going on, I mean, we had, we did manage to negotiate some discounts yeah. in the rents that we were paying to yeah. some of our landlords, not all of them. Yeah. But also, you know, the coronavirus loan scheme happened. Yeah. And so that allowed us to, you know, take some money, get take some loans, mm. which we could use very effectively in yeah. the business. Yeah. I mean, just to add on top of that, in terms of property volatility, yes, absolutely. In terms of what, what I mean, there is, it's not volatile here is, for example, in 10 years, all right, it's very, very impossible. It's almost impossible for, especially if you buy in the right place, especially for us who invest in London, it's almost impossible for you to buy a house in London for 200,000 pounds. And regardless of the recession that I witnessed about two at the moment, I mean, I've been in England for 17 years. The last one that happened in 2019, sorry, 2009, I think I just bought a property in 2006. Regardless of whatever happened, the property still stayed about 270, but it's just that it didn't climb. It didn't double. It just stayed. So imagine I bought a property for 250, but there's still that 20, 20, 30,000 pounds equity on it, but never crashed below that. But obviously people who invest outside of London, depending on the area like Durham country, they all had negative equity. So again, this is why it's very important when you're buying, don't just buy property for the sake of buying property. You want to buy in a place where regardless of what happens, you're not going to be hit by the rent. All right. And you're also going to be hit by the value of the asset. So maybe worst case scenario, demand can drop, but the property value remains the same. Not negative equity. It's very, very important in understanding that. Again, it's also important about buying a property, you know, in a certain level and obviously adding value. Imagine a house that you bought for 450, for example, 450,000 pounds. You added value to it. The new value is now 750. If you really look at it, even if recession was the worst recession was to happen, for the fact that it's already been revalued for 750, it's not going to drop to 600,000 now. It's not going to drop to 400,000 pounds when it actually shows that you can reflect that value. So this is one of the things I love about property. Unlike crypto, obviously I'm not, I'm not a crypto investor. People who, are, who does crypto might be, you know, might have a different perspective on this. Yeah, so I mean, just thought, you know, just kind of give yeah, that. Yeah, and to contrast with crypto, like with property, you know what's causing the, the increase the in values and, and, yeah. and the nature of the market. With crypto, it's a, it's a gamble, right? It's like, you might as well go to a casino and make some money on something because yeah. like it might get, it'll go up loads and then they'll crash and then blah, blah, and, and no one really knows what... The only thing it's that's a bubble, causing, isn't it? The only thing that's causing those change in valuations is the market sentiments, what people yeah. believe the value to be. There's nothing underlying those crypto which is inherently valuable. Yeah. It's just what everyone agrees it to be. That's why Bitcoin can go up and then go down and blah, yeah. blah. But anyway... <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wow, 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 Charlie. It's been amazing, you know, just sitting down here at the studio, you know, just having a chat with you and just recording this podcast. So, Charlie, just before we go, right, you had the opportunity of working with me now for the last, well, probably coming up to over a year now, September last year, we started our mentorship program and we're November, December 2021 now. What would you say, you know, what would you say, you know, made you choose me to mentor you on the buy refurbish finance strategy? Well, I mean, it's very simple. It's because I knew that you were doing it already. Yeah. And then it was, obviously we sat down and, you know, went through the numbers and everything. Yeah. And it all made sense. And so once I knew that, you know, you were doing what you said you were doing yeah. and it could work and that I could do it. Yeah. Then it was a no-brainer, really. Uh, wait, if you were to choose me as a mentor, would you choose me again? <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> Fantastic. Great, great. Thank you so much for that, Charlie. So just before we wrap up this podcast session, Charlie, if anyone is looking to reach out to you right now, how can they reach out to you? Best thing is on my Instagram page, which is Straight Arrow Property. Okay. 
All right, fantastic. Yeah. And have you got any other thing else going on in your property journey? Are you looking to raise finance? What are you looking to do? Well, yeah, well, actually, I've got a few things that I'm setting up. So obviously, I've got this current BR project coming to an end, an end. shortly. <laughs> uh, so I bet be, you can't wait. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I want to do that refinance. Yeah. Obviously, so once I've done that, I will be acquiring my next projects. And then also, I'm doing, I started a deal sourcing company with a, a business partner. We're sourcing property that's below market value for investors to buy. Is that purchase or rent to rent? Just but to buy. To buy, okay. Yeah, not rent to rent. And so that's going to be quite exciting. Very, very excited about that. Yeah. I'm also starting my own property training company as well. So okay. I'll be training people to do rent to rent and buy refurbished refinance. Okay. Yeah. So there's lots of uh, fantastic, lots of things in it, lots of irons in the fire. Thank you so much for listening to the Property Wealth and Business Podcast. If you've been inspired, motivated, and you're looking into getting started in your property journey, building a mindset for success, and creating wealth for yourself, go and follow us on social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn. And also, if you're looking to get in coaching, mentorship, and you want to get your journey started and start building a mindset that can take you from being an ordinary person to becoming an extraordinary person, Follow us on our website, make inquiries, make a booking. We'll be happy to help you get started in your journey. The website is www.propertywe.co.uk and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Take care.